Hi, I'm Bruce Weinstein. And I'm Mark Scarborough. And this is the podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And we've actually been on an unexpected hiatus. We got caught in a photo shoot. Yeah, we have a book coming out in May called The Kitchen Shortcut Bible. And the uh, publisher decided at the last minute to upgrade this book to a beautiful four-color hardcover book filled with lots of gorgeous photographs. So we had a week to put together a photo shoot and four days to do it. Yeah, it was it was insane. And we shot the book in four days. It was crazy. So so actually, we didn't have any podcasts for about a week because we were just... Honestly, I got up in the morning. I came downstairs. We shot this whole thing at our house. And uh, by the evening, I fell into bed and was never seen again until I got up the next morning early. So To do it all again. Right. So anyway, Here we are. Yeah, we're out now. And today, we're actually doing this incredible recipe. I have found it incredible. And Bruce made this uh, a while ago. And I know that that we are not vegans, but we're doing vegan chili. Well, I love good old-fashioned chili with beans, and you know we've made. It chili- offends me. Oh, I know it does. You're from Texas, and, and it offends me. And there's no if you beans. Know beans about chili. There's no beans yeah, in chili. That kind of chili from Texas is also made with dried chili peppers that are soaked and yeah, you make yeah, all those. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. talking about the good old American Midwest well, chili. Well, Texas, Texas is in America. It's not Midwest. Well, all right. And made with chili powder. <laughs> And tomatoes. I think Texans don't want to be part of the U.S., but maybe that's just my thing. In a good Texan chili, there are no tomatoes. But in a good Midwestern chili, there's tomatoes. But the thing is, I wasn't in the mood for meat when I first made this. And also, we have a babysitter for our dog, Spritz. And she has become a vegan. And whenever she comes and babysits, I leave her dinner. And it becomes harder and harder to leave her dinner because she doesn't eat meat, and I am the biggest harder carnivore. Harder and harder. Well, when all you know how to do is harder cook meat. Harder <laughs> and harder. Anyway, I wanted to make something so delicious for her because she's going to be babysitting Spritz next week on Thanksgiving night for Thanksgiving. So I was going to come up with a vegan chili just for her. This is for you, Sarah Thames. So I, what I want to say is what we've got going here is there's been, before this all happened, there's a quarter cup of olive oil in a big pot. And like a Dutch oven, right? Yep. I mean, this is a big a, pot. Yeah, Dutch oven. And um, we've got a large onion chopped up and a green bell pepper chopped up, you know, cord seeded and chopped up and three celery stalks. And all that's chopped up and put in here at this point. And it's all going and getting soft. The, what, what I was amazed about this chili, and there's going to be some tricks to come along in this vegan chili. And what I was amazed about it is the, this kind of incredible... Uh, Texture, and I know texture isn't the most right. It's it's not an appetizing word, but it is still this incredible texture that happens with this chili. It's just insane, and it's not because I added meat substitute. I didn't add you know those those soy meat crumbles or any fake meat, which I actually like. Well, remember, I like the soy crumbles, but I wanted but. to come up with a combination of beans and legumes and even grains that yeah, I could yeah. put in here. So as Mark said, we've sauteed these vegetables, and now I'm going to throw in the thing that keeps this from being Texas chili. I'm stirring in a third of a cup of pure ground chili powder. Now, this is really crucial. We're not talking chili powder that is the standard bottled chili powder, but although you can find this in the store. Yes, you can. This is found in any store. This is pure chili powder. Sometimes it's marked as ancho chili powder. If you go to a store or go online... Uh, to like Calustians or to Penzies, they will have other varieties besides ancho, and you can find anything from mild to hot to all sorts of chilies. I want a mild, pure ground chili powder, 
And then I'm also throwing in some other spices. There's a tablespoon of cumin. There's a tablespoon of dried oregano. A half a teaspoon of cloves. I love cloves. It gives it a bit of a barbecue taste. And a half a teaspoon of dry mustard and a half a teaspoon of salt. Now, I, I, I just want to go back to this chili powder one more time. This is a third a cup. First of all, it's a lot. But you find this chili powder in our rural New England stop and shop, right? I do. They have this it is... right on the McCormick shelf. It's just called pure ancho chili powder. There you go. And so you can find this. And again, we're not talking the standard American chili powder, which is actually a blend of spices. Um, well, it's actually a blend of oregano, cumin, and chilies. And often but, salt. And often salt. But we're not doing that. We're adding our own because we're, we're changing the flavors just slightly and weighting it way, way, way harder toward the chili. If you use the pure stuff, um, the ancho stuff is going to be mild, but right, you could use chipotle, pure chipotle powder, but that stuff is hot. That's really hot. And to balance the, the, the mild chili powder, we are going to put in now one can chipotle that I chopped up. And a tablespoon of that adobo sauce from the can of chipotles, which I love because it's vinegary. Okay, let's talk about this for a minute. While all this goes in the pan, and this is stirring really fast, but chili canned chilies in adobo sauce are... Uh, the bomb. Uh, yeah, well, but they're a specialty ingredient. It's a Filipino sauce, right? Adobo sauce that has got this, as Bruce said, vinegary base to mm. it. And these are smoked chilies. Now, let me just say... They're that, smoked jalapenos. That someone's sister... <laughs> And I don't have a sister, so I'll let you guess. Someone's sister oh, once... You're never going to live this down, Julie. I'm sorry. Read this read a recipe of ours and put in a can of Chipotle's. And that would be so hot, it would be unbelievable. This is one canned adobo chili. You pull one out of the can and a tablespoon of sauce, and you stem the chili and mush chop it up. and mush it up. You can try to remove the seeds. It's really hard. You don't need to. It's easier just to mush the whole thing up. And that'll give it a smokiness as well as some heat. Now, I'm going to pour in a 12-ounce bottle of beer and scrape it all up. And I'm using dark beer. The only kind of beer mark thing should exist in the world. I believe that beer comes in one color, mud, and everything else is absurd. I can't... I, what? What is this stuff? I love a Pilsner. Oh, what? What? You might as well have a, have a Pepsi. What? What the... Uh, Pepsi is the color of dark beer. Yeah, but it doesn't taste like dark beer. There's porter and there's stout, and we've come to the end of well, beer. Well, I'm not using a stout. I'm actually <laughs> using the Negro Modelo X, the dark one, which, which is, is not stouty, but it's... No, it, it's, it's within the range of acceptability. Yeah. I, well, we were out one time, and we had a beer somewhere, I don't remember, and I ordered a Guinness, as I always do, or something, you know, some oatmeal stout, and we were at a bar, and Bruce said to me, oh, I didn't know you were going to have a meal. Well, I'm not having a meal. I'm just having a beer. It's a beer that the spoon will stand up in. <laughs> anyway, so this is a thing of dark beer, but I should say that, so, that, so I just want to review. We've got the aromatics in the olive oil. We've got all the spices. We've now got, and the cantilene chipotle, and the beer went in. Bruce is stirring down the foam and letting it come back to a bubble and all that. But something else has happened before we started any of this, and that was the soaking of the beans. So we're going to be putting beans in this. And we have cannellini beans. You could also use Great Northern, any large white bean. We have pink beans, and they're just small pink beans, the same kind found in baked beans. Right. And we have black beans. That's right. And these were dried. Yeah, these not canned. These were dried beans. I measured one cup of each yesterday. I put them in a big bowl, and I filled that bowl with water. 
Now, I want to say something about dried beans just while we're on it. Dried beans don't move off store shelves very well. They sit there because people don't cook dried beans anymore. Even my grandmother did. But people don't cook dried beans except now us on this podcast. And they don't move off store shelves. And we hope shelves. you will after listening to this absolutely. podcast. Absolutely. You, you, you absolutely have to try this vegan chili. It's insane. But... Um, uh, and we haven't even got to the secret parts yet. But uh, but these beans don't move very fast. And so when you get a packaged beans off the store shelf, examine it. Look at it. The beans shouldn't be wrinkled. The skin shouldn't be all withered and wrinkled looking. And they don't, shouldn't be broken in half. You don't want halves and pieces. They shouldn't be chipped up. That means they're too dry. If they're wrinkled up, they may have caught ambient humidity and then dried out And here's again. the grossest thing. Look for bugs. Yep. Anytime you yep. buy a dried food product with a see-through package, yep. look for bugs. I know that sounds gross, but and again, and it, the bug can be caught in there. But beans just don't move off store shelves very well. Dried beans yeah. don't, and so you really kind of need to examine the package, know what you're getting, look at the beans. They should look plump. They should look, you know, I mean, dried obviously, shiny, but plump, bright and shiny, shiny. They should look like a bean rather than your grandmother's face. If you, <laughs> well. <laughs> there are places where you can get sort of uh, heirloomy versions and really yeah. fresh beans. Like there's a there's an online retailer called RanchoGordo.com. Yeah, fabulous. They you, if you want to spend a little money, you could buy a bean. They'll be three times as much, but yeah. you will get fresh, beautiful heirloom kind of beans. Yeah, you can find azuki beans, yeah. which would work here. But what we're looking for is kind of a range of moderately sized dried yeah. beans. No tiny little beans. No navy beans. Right. And no giant beans like lima beans. And so here's the thing. When you soak black beans, the water will turn purpley black. So we're going to have to rinse those, drain those, rinse them again, because I don't want to add. Look, black beans, even when soaked, will give a little bit of color to the soup or stew or chili. But you want to get rid of as much of that as you can. So okay. those aren't going in yet, but we had to talk about those because yeah. next go in tomatoes. Right. Our beer is really reducing. So we got to get we got to get all this in. We so. have a whole can, a 28-ounce can, which is three and a half cups of diced tomatoes. I like to find, if you could find them in a store, they're called petite diced because the tomatoes are cut smaller. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's juice in it. You want all those juices and everything. And then we're going to put broth. And a quart. A quart of broth, four cups. Quarter of veggie broth. Then. Right, because it's a vegan chili, so veggie broth and these tomatoes. But let me say on both cows, let me throw in my bit that I think you should always look for low sodium or reduced sodium or no salt added canned tomatoes and canned broth. Because Amen, a, brother. A, the salt that is added to these things is often of inferior quality. It's kind of just crappy old industrial salt. And B, you should control the sodium content of your food. You can always salt this later. We've put a half teaspoon of salt in it. I assure you that when I get my bowl, I will add more salt to it because I'm a salt fanatic. But you should control the sodium content of your food, not some manufacturer in a can. So now we're going to throw those beans that have been drained and rinsed back in. We're going to stir it up. I'm going to cover this. And these are going to go for about two hours, at which point the beans will absorb maybe a third of the liquid. Now, see, the beans won't absorb all of this because they were soaked and they tripled in volume. They absorbed the water in the bowl. So mostly what soaked beans do is just soften. Okay, so let me ask this since we're about to cut away and come back before we do this since this is a podcast and not a video what's what's the simmer like that you're looking for as this goes for two hours we are looking for a really low simmer just bubbles that you can almost count 
I don't want it going at a boil. I really want the lowest barest simmer. I want some bubbling, but I want it as low as your stove can get it without stopping. Right. I want to just repeat that because that's Bruce's and my definition in our own cookbooks of a low simmer is that you could actually count the bubbles. That you know they're not coming so fast that you you've lost count of right. them. So so a low low simmer covered for right. two hours, and then we'll be back. So this has now been going for two hours. The beans, I'm tasting one, they're almost tender. They're still a little al dente, which is perfect because this is going to continue cooking. Um, it's thickened a bit. And now Mark said there's a I, secret. I, I want to talk about the secret because here comes the secret. And it's a half a cup of three ingredients. And this is what will change this thing and take it where that. But right now, what we've got in this pot is maybe just standard Three bean, bean chili. Three bean chili yeah. with maybe the pure chili powder, which is a little different in the cloves, blah, which blah, give it a blah, little yeah, blah, yeah. barbecue taste, and the dry mustard, which gives it just a slight bitter back taste. Just slight. Mm -hmm. But all of that, you know, that's all, that's all beautiful. But here comes the secrets. And this is a half a cup of each. And I, I just want to talk about them each before you go in. The first thing that's going to go in is a half a cup of chana dal. Now, chana dal is an ingredient that's from India. And what it is, is it's called a chickpea lentil. And it's yellow, and it's small, and it's pebble-like. It's not a flat disc like typical lentils. And it gets, when it dissolves, when it melts, when it softens in the stew, it won't completely dissolve. It will soften and give this thick, rich texture that's sort of earthy as well, and it's magical. Okay, and then, since we're talking about lentils, a half a cup of green lentils, or if we're going to be fancy, they're the lentils de puits from France, but they're the green, not brown lentils, not red lentils, green lentils. What I love about the green lentils... Lentils du puits, D-U-P-U-Y, du puits. This is the kind of lentil where if you were in a French bistro and had a lentil salad, this would be the lentil. Um, what I love about them is that once they're cooked, they don't melt and they don't get too mushy. Like a brown lentil you make lentil soup out of and it liquefies and it becomes a puree. These green lentils hold their shape. They hold a little bit of texture even after cooking for an hour. They're going to be part of the secret of giving this a meat-like texture. I think, I think actually I made a mistake. I think that... I, 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 for many years, took French in New York City, and I took it from a teacher, Chantal, who who called herself La Petite Princesse, the Little Princess. I mean, that's what she called herself, right? And she was this unbelievable person. And I think I've made a mistake. I think if she were here, she, she'd knock me. I think it's lentils de puis, not du puis. I think it's de puis, right? And what did I write in the recipe? Well, I think that's <laughs> right. Puis. I think it's de puis. Yeah. I'd have to check that. I, you know what? I oh, Gosh, there's just so many details to learn a language. It's just every language could be just like math. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's its own language, <laughs> which is its own language. Okay, so third the, magical so ingredient. Th so we got the chana dal, we got a half a cup of green lentils, and now we got a half a cup of raw buckwheat groats. Now, we're not talking about buckwheat flour. No. We're not even talking about sort of coarsely ground buckwheat like kasha. No. Nope. We're talking about the whole grain. And kasha is roasted. We're not right. talking about, these are raw buckwheat groats. They are, they're kind of 
pyramidal shape. Yeah. The the best ones are a little green mm-hmm. in color. They have a greenish tint mm-hmm. to them. And let me say this about buckwheat groats before Bruce talks about what they do for this too. The buckwheat groats go rancid in about five seconds. So the problem is not five seconds, but Use they go quickly. They go rancid in a few months. Two things. One, check your package when you get it. You can even smell it. And if it has an acrid rancid smell rancid smell like old socks you can take it back for your money or b once you do open it every manufacturer recommends you store it in the freezer to prolong the longevity of buckwheat groats they just go they go rancid quickly okay so culinary so think about buckwheat buckwheat groats are to buckwheat what wheat berries or to wheat right, right it's just right. it's what gets ground up into that flour that's right when it cooks Again, it doesn't melt into a porridge. It gives it a thickness and still retains a bit of the tooth and the bite of it. So together, the buckwheat groats, the chana dal, and the lentils de puy will add this meat-like texture and consistency to this vegan chili that it's unbelievable. It is. It's unbelievable. It's In fact, I'm going to say something that may scare everybody who knows me. It's better than meat. It, it is. This chili was just, it had this kind of fabulous, satisfying, homey comfort food feel about it. Of course, when I ate mine, I put sour cream on it, but th- that's what's going to happen. So we've stirred all this in, and now we're going to go another hour. Yep. Now, and during this hour, I want you to lift the lid and stir it once or twice. Make sure it's not sticking. If the chana dal, the lentils, and the buckwheat goats start to absorb too much liquid um, because maybe you've had too much evaporation in your first two hours, then I want you to add another little bit of stock as you go to thin it out. But we're going to come back after an hour and taste it, right? Yep. So this has been going now for an hour. It's thick. It's lovely. We actually, more than an hour, we let it cool a bit because there was no way we could eat this. Now, Mark said he likes it with sour cream. I love sliced pickled jalapenos. Which are great. And sweet pickle relish. The combination of those two, I'm adding a little sweet to the hot. It's just to me. Yeah, or if you can it. find, I, the sweet pickle relish is okay on it. If you can find this product called India Relish. It's, it's, it's you Made know, by Heinz. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a big national brand product. India Relish. It's less sweet than pickle relish. Um, and I think it's better on If you live chili. in West Hartford, they sell it at the Crown Kosher Market. <laughs> they do? They do. It, right, but I'm anyway, uh, th- this chili has this kind of mm. Mm. really fabulous texture. It tastes like meat. Well, it tastes better than meat. It tastes mm. really fine. It tastes, oh man, it's got this spicy, satisfying oh. taste to it, undertow. And I o- mm. often like oh to have. I often like to have uh, tortillas or even oh a baguette when I'm eating chili. But because of the grains in this, because of the buckwheat, I don't even want the bread with it. I don't really need wow. anything with this except another one and, of those dark beers. And you know what? I think because of, I mean beans are by nature sweet because of all the sugars from beans. But because I think because of the chana dal and the groats and the lentils, this is actually a more savory chili. Well, that's- and a lot of chilies are. It's even more savory because, you know, ground beef and or cubed up round steak or whatever you yep. use for your chili also has a sweet edge to it. Yep. And those grains and lentils and the dal, they give it this, this more than savory aftertaste. It's super, super delicious. To hear us cook through more recipes every Friday here 
on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Just listen, and you will hear us have a delicious time. Please join us. And we're still taking down small, big, giant, medium-sized cooking myths in small versions of this podcast every week on Cooking with Bruce and Mark. So subscribe or catch us on any of the social feeds under our own names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.